For the past few weeks, Janet and I have been standing at the window on the second floor of our house overlooking the Bay of Fundy. She's been anxiously monitoring the construction of an apartment building. As floor by floor, the builders have chipped away at and eventually eliminated our view of the water and the horizon. I've been more accepting as developers begin to show interest in our little corner of St. John. It's better to have a neighbor than a view, I say as cheerfully as I can. The cranes in the air these days in St. John are for residential, not commercial projects. The building under construction in front of my house is a five-story apartment complex with 29 units, in addition to the Oceanside Urban Lofts development that has already had two recently renovated buildings with 20 units. Down the street, construction is underway on the Telegraph, a six-story building with 32 units. A few blocks away, a seven-story development called the Wentworth, with more than 70 units, is being built. With the economy slowing down on so many fronts during the pandemic, I fully expected at least some of these developments to be delayed or halted entirely. By St. John's standards, the rents on most of the new units will be high, so they'll need to be occupied by employed, well-paid people. But all the projects are still going ahead, which is also the case for residential projects in other maritime cities, not just St. John. Halifax, because of its size, has many ongoing projects on a whole other level. Last Friday, Huddle reported on a new residential project near Lake Bannock in central Dartmouth that will have two 12-story towers with 174 units. A large-scale residential development at the nearby Dartmouth Crossing retail and commercial area could see upwards of 2,500 units added once its entire phase plan is complete. On the Halifax side, Huddle has also reported on new projects in recent months, including the Kennard Mixed-Use Waterfront Project that will have more than 200 residential units, and the Joseph Howe Drive project that will have a 12-story tower with 324 residential units. Now, cities like Moncton can't compete on the same scale, but it is setting construction records nonetheless. In the midst of the pandemic, the city has had another record year for building permits, mostly due to an increase in residential construction. Residential development made up nearly half of the building's activity at $133 million, which included $90 million worth of new apartment buildings representing 728 units. All of this new residential development has a downside, of course. There are plans for more affordable housing in all three cities, and the concern is top of mind for planners and community leaders, but there have been frequent and understandable complaints about increasing rents. This is especially true in urban centers, where a lot of the investment is taking place amidst increasing demand, leading to calls for rent control policies in Nova Scotia and New Brunswick. But these new developments have a potential upside as well, especially if the movement toward remote work extends beyond the pandemic. A recent survey of companies with offices in downtown Moncton showed that most plan to move to a hybrid model with people working both out of home and at the office. This could mean fewer people to shop, eat, and drink at downtown businesses at lunch and after work. At the same time, there is a lot of planned residential construction in the Moncton City Centre. Of the 728 units scheduled to be built in the city based on last year's building permit data, 248 will be downtown. John Wishart is the CEO of the Chamber of Commerce of Greater Moncton, and he says this could help city centre shops, bars, and restaurants that will need to make up for the loss of many of the office workers at home more post-pandemic. I think that's a sign more people do want to live downtown, says John. So if we can accomplish that, those numbers of people will help offset the percentage of the workers who won't be working downtown. We need to promote supporting local and supporting your downtown businesses in a big way, says John. 
But beyond that, we may see the leading edge of a transformation of downtown into more of a residential commercial neighborhood as opposed to more of a commercial core. Now, I hope John is right. The movement of people back into city centers had only just begun in the years before the pandemic hit, and I'm pleasantly surprised the momentum hasn't stalled in neighborhoods like mine that had only recently seen new investments in housing. Several years ago, I appeared before a local planning and advisory committee to voice my opposition to zoning rules that would allow a parking lot to remain across the street from my house. I felt like it was a prime piece of land for development that fit the city's plans to create density in the urban core. My plea was dismissed with several committee members saying there was no demand for more residential development in my end of the neighborhood. I'm happy to report they were wrong. Since then, the developer proceeded with the 49-unit urban loft development that has blocked our view of the water. Someone else built a nice single-family home. Another couple has plans to build another one in front of our house. That I have a view of the water over the parking lot is no consolation. I'd rather have a neighbor. For Huddle, I'm Mark Legere.